So you're saying charisma, kind of. You're 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 saying that this person probably should be charismatic and charming, is what I feel like you're saying. Yeah, because they're leading people, and those people are leading people to make decisions mm. every day. You got to get in the friggin' hot seat. You got to get in the middle of the ring and see what you do with eyes on you. Because I could promise you, that's like, it's like training with G-Force, bro. Like, I watched Dragon Ball Z when I was a teenager. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. And today I have Ryan Groth on. How you doing, man? What's up, Tim? What's happening, bro? Not much. Uh, it's the, the founder and the visionary behind Sales Transformation Group. Uh, so, and you've got a big event coming up. What is the, what is the event? Yeah, huge event coming up in October, the 5th through the 8th. So it's a Wednesday night, and then we leave the 8th, midday. Um, it's called the Transform Conference, the number one event for growth-minded contractors. And it's going to be amazing. I'm super excited about it. Cannot wait to have this event. It's going to be our biggest and best ever, and the first of its kind for STG. And uh, I think it's something the industry is really going to love. Awesome. So today we're talking about roofing sales leaders, how to find them and build them. And I want to kind of just stop you right here. If you're listening or watching and say, if you are not the owner of a company, what you will get out of this is what people should be looking for and how to build yourself a little bit into a roofing sales leader potentially. So just because like, if you're a roofing sales person, you might get a lot out of this just to think about, um, both the qualities that a roofing sales leader has to cultivate in yourself. And then also maybe some of the habits and the systems that you can put in place so that you can be a better uh, salesperson, but maybe moving towards sales leader. I think that ultimately that's the ideal. Um, from your perspective, Ryan, give me a little bit of what do you think about a business owner being that that sales coach, do they have to be good at this? Do they have a, have to be an excellent sales coach first or at all? Great question. I think that a if you want to grow your business, you need sales leadership. We know that. I think that's that's a given. That's why we're having this conversation. But I think some roofing owners. Are, are not the right person to be the sales leader. And I think that uh, a lot of times, a few few mistakes happen. One is they, they don't do anything because they don't feel competent of being the sales leader. Um, or they try to be the sales leader and they're just really bad at it. And so salespeople don't perform well under their leadership mm -hmm. and then there's, there's a lack of results. And then they feel like this whole building a sales team is, is for whatever. Uh, maybe I'll just go sell myself and sell two million a year, make great money, and my wife's happy, you know, because I'm not stressed stressed out. But you know, whatever my spouse. But the bottom line is, it's um, it's it's not something every business owner can do. Like like I'll tell you this. Like if you look at the roofing industry, look at the guys and be like, would I want to follow them to the battlefield, right? And, and that's the kind of question you need to ask yourself for the sales leader. Like, can they go up on stage in front of five people, 10 people, 500 people and, and blow people away or make them feel connected to what they're doing? 
or are they not good at that? And they're really a, uh, a much different kind of talent. And so uh, to me, uh, a lot of times, like having a sales leader is so important to growing your team and taking your business to the next level. You have to have a sales leader. But, you know, I don't know about you, but like I'm a baseball or a sports guy. And let's just say, um, you know, that person's gifted to be a center and in the basketball court. Yeah. And um, and so they're gifted to do that. But then the sales leader is the point guard. They got to lead everybody down. They're just not capable. So they're just not capable of being that leader uh, on the court that maybe the point guard should be. You kind of hit me in the heart a little bit right now because both I probably I probably shouldn't be our sales leader and I and I'm probably more of a center than a point guard. So you're hitting me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I find I find that, um, you know, it's it's but the thing is, this is really tricky. And and maybe this goes into our next question. But, you know, if you know, that's not who you are, you don't want to be an owner that's like, hey, I'm incapable I'm, I'm, um, I'm vulnerable. Like I, I can't do this. I think this, the owner should care and value that they should look at mm-hmm. themselves and say, I know I need that valuable talent. I just need someone who's more gifted at that than me. Right. Or more talented mm-hmm. or more skilled at me than that. Yeah. Um, and so that vision is compelling, right? I think a lot of guys like, I can't do this. And they're like, I don't want to even think about it. It's like, it's like learning Chinese and then they completely disconnect from it. And then there's no mm-hmm. like, connection to that role and that person and then if they don't have the right person and there's not a, a lot of trust or clear clarity they find that you know they didn't get the results they're looking for but i don't think every business owner is that guy or that girl i think some though are just crazy talented at that stuff and they like dude they need to stay in that role taking them out is just is just foolish right well it's also like at a certain point once you're scaling a business, you know, there's, there's so many, we're bombarded with so many messages as entrepreneurs. Like you got to work on the business, not in the business. And you got to learn marketing and be really good at that and be a social media guy. You got to get off of marketing, get on sales and teach your sales to your people. And like, you got to delegate and you know, like there's basically just so many things going on. And then I'm also like, if I'm a CEO, um, if I'm a CEO, at what point do I just say, I want to be a C like I, I need to go do like, there's literally like big business decisions. Like I want to go make big business decisions. And sometimes sales feels, dare I say it beneath me. That mm. sounds rude almost a little bit, but I'm saying it. Cause Dude, I feel it. You, you and I like are probably both in a very similar situation, but I, I as yeah. I, as CEO of sales transformation group, I actually have taken my foot off of the sales leadership uh, role and it's been the most, like, it's been the worst thing for us. <laughs> it's <Okay>. like, because <laughs> yeah. that's like what I'm really good at, dude. I love yeah. inspiring people, leading people, yeah. motivating people, holding them accountable, coaching them, driving results, recruiting people, attracting people into my organization. And then, because I love it so much, I built a company that does it. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I literally do. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, CEO Ryan, I take my hat off, my, 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 hand, my foot off the sales leadership pedal. That the thing that the company does, that's how, lo- how much I love it. And I put yeah. my foot on. And then 
and I ask other people to do it. And it's like, it's like, you know, in my company, I'm like, you know, a really valuable person in the right yeah. seat, but then I'm in a different seat. I'm not as valuable trying yeah. to get somebody to do it. Sure. It's crazy. Like CEOs, if you're a sales leading, if you're a sales talented CEO, bro, never, never stop selling, never stop yeah. leading sales. You have to stay in it. You are, that is you. Like, Imagine the angels saying, Shohei Otani, stop pitching and hitting homers. Like, we don't want you to do it anymore. Like, yeah. gotta stop. Like, we want you to play shortstop and then we'll DH for you. Like, you just stop. Like, yeah. this, is, this isn't working. Like, no, dude, that's like the best thing on TV right now is that guy. Yeah. Playing baseball. So, today's episode is brought to you by Sales Transformation Group, the number one sales and transformation platform in the construction industry. If you're looking for new ways to professionalize your sales force and generate more profits for your business, find out more at salestransformationgroup.com slash hook agency. So I, I want to ask, like, we're talking about finding sales leaders, basically how to find them and build them. Um, yeah. They're they're popping a uh, clients in the office right now. They're popping champagne. It's kind of exciting. They just launched their website, so that's that's fun. That's my favorite of when we get to do those in person. That's why the screaming and the it was like shrieking in the background. But um, where do you find these people? Is there like in other industries adjacent that you can find them? Do you, do we need to get them from other roofing companies? Do they need previous sales leader experience if you're looking for a sales leader to join your company? Yeah, I would say the first place you look isn't an industry per se. I would look for certain traits. So what you want in a sales leader is you want a magnanimous, like amazing energy that comes off that person. They just, they just like, they, you can tell they have depth about them and they've overcome a lot. My favorite sales leaders are ones that like, they want a documentary made of them because of how crazy their life's been and how much they've overcome mm. and like where they are today. That is the kind of sales leader you want. Like you want to find somebody yeah. who's, man, my dad was this, my mom was this, I did that, I overcame this, that was this, mm. I turned into that, I read this, I surrounded myself with that mentor, that this. And like then sales becomes the, be the next best career for them mm. because they get to function fully as who they've always been in a new career and like that yeah. is that's exactly what i found for me and what i found for others is 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 like you want that sales leader to be someone who um can just has an incredible story and it's compelling and they love who they become and transform into um to be who they are and then they will can get to do that so much in sales because in sales there's a lot of human mastery and a lot of you know um, skills and a lot of discipline and a lot of opportunity to continue to never be satisfied yeah because there's always more there's not a limit it's not like oh let me see like there's not a limit you can always bust through the record you can always you can compete you can create an environment around maybe maybe in your company or in my company, once they start to make more than me, they're out. No, just, <laughs> no. I'm, I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about the competition between uh, owners and sales leaders or sa like top salespeople that sometimes happens in the roofing industry, especially in smaller business. I mean, you probably see it occasionally. There's a little bit of vibration that happens between 
because this salesperson is or the sales leader is making a bunch of money and then the, the owner feels a little competition. Do you ever see that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if that's the case, the owner is has an opportunity to confront those feelings and figure out where it's coming from. Um, I think that's an opportunity for growth, you know, and, and yeah. if it's if it's something that they're growing and then it turns into a compensation agreement restructuring, then fine, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, I mean, sales leaders and salespeople, if they're really good, they're really valuable, you know, yeah. and they should be getting paid well. Um, yeah, I think as long as the company is doing well and you can really lean into that. Plus those sales leaders, man, they become examples of what other people want to be like mm. in companies. So it's so valuable because then it can turn into little sales leader championship offspring, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, cause, and that's valuable because they'll grow up. Like, so I, I think it's really important not to undervalue a high performing salesperson. Like, dude, that yeah. is a, in a sales leader that is valuable because yeah. What are you going to go as owner who's not charismatic, who doesn't have a great ability to lead people? You're going to go create more leaders? No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have that ability necessarily. Not Some do. Some yeah. are like crazy good at it. Like crazy yeah. good at it. So you're Just saying charisma kind of. You're, you're, you're saying that this person probably should be charismatic and charming is what I feel like you're saying. Yeah, because they're leading people and those people are leading people to make decisions mm. every day. Like literally it's like, I'm a sales, I'm a sales leader, CEO, founder, influencing people who are sales leaders and owners who are influencing salespeople to take massive action, who are then influencing the buyers to make decisions every day. A lot, like that's a lot of like talent needed to move the needle, you know what I'm saying? Would you say that charisma is something that you can build or in yourself, or you can help your team grow more of? I mean, the implied other question is here, like that's coming next is, what if you find yourself with a sales leader that's not the one? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Two questions, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think charisma could be built in your organization. Um, but it has to come from somewhere. So whether you're bringing in, you know, you're bringing in uh, me one week, Sam Taggart another week, Martin Pettigrew another week, Adam Benzman another week, and we're just rotating charismatic leaders into your company. Yeah. That could wear off, rub off on people, right? It could, or it could, um, it could not, and you could not get it, right? So you got to find it somewhere. So I think that that's that. And if they don't have it, like, if you go to two or three roofing sales conferences and they don't walk out ready to reproduce that energy, mm. then you probably have the wrong guy. But it's worth yeah. investing in those rather than firing them and try to find somebody else. I mean, yeah. I, that's why these conferences and these leaders like like me and some other names I just dropped are so valuable in our industry because mm. we're not we're unbiased. Like we're unbiased to your company and we care about the industry becoming better. And yeah. so when we bring that, that energy into you guys and then, then it's, it's reciprocated, it's like that stuff is exciting. And, mm. uh, and not everybody's going to connect with every one of guys like me, but, and, but, but the ones who do, there's a deep connection, there's a mentorship, there's an exchange, and that exchange can be now passed down into people in their company, right? And I so, think that's very, very powerful.
So I know that it's not just about charisma. It's also about processes and habits. So what have you seen as far as if you're building this, you know, finding this person, you're building this person, maybe you're building on something that's already there. What are the weekly habits or processes that you've seen actually work in helping build this uh, leader and their people? Coaching. You got to have a coaching process. So like the process of, co first off, coaching is like the most undervalued and under um, exercised skills in this industry. Like people don't hire coaches, do their own coaching, receive their own coaching. It's just really bad. Like, like it takes, because it, t you can't fully automate coaching. Like you can do some, but you can't fully out. Like you need a skilled coach that teaches somebody who's unskilled how to be better. Like that mm -hmm. just takes time That takes energy. So like you can learn a few ways. Like what I love about having a coaching environment is that, um, if you and I are coaching and three of your salespeople are there and I'm coaching you in real time, they're all going to learn from what I just did with mm. you. Right. Yeah. And so there is a compound effect around group coaching. But, um, a few things that come to mind is like, if I was playing baseball and like I'm hitting left-handed and all of a sudden my hands are like this, right? Mm -hmm. If a good coach is there, what would be the first thing he does? I don't know anything about baseball. You say time out. All right, all right. All right. If, we're, if I'm shooting a free throw, right? Yeah. And and all of a sudden I I go like this. Yeah. What would you do? Uh, I would coach you to put your your right hand underneath the ball and your left hand to guide it. Yeah, you're like, hey, time out, hold on. Before you even try to shoot the ball, you gotta be in a good position, right? Yeah. Right, so your best position needs to look like this, right? So it's like here, you reach your hand to the cookie jar, right? You teach, yeah. like, so the same thing with sales is like, before you even step into the appointment, there's mindset. Mm -hmm. Before the, like, before mindset set in, there's identity. So you go from yeah. identity to mindset to sales process, all of mm. that correlates, takes all the way into the end. And if you can start to coach mm. those things on a foundational level over time, it'll build you into a complete rock star. And that can happen through coaching. Ooh, so I, I want to hear more about that identity thing. Uh, Cause that sounds very interesting to me now, but what's like a, a weekly rhythm? Like, would you say that's like two hours every week? Like what is a real, how much time every week? I would say you can't ever do too much coaching because okay. it's, it's like, it's only going to make you, but like we, we need to do more coaching internally at our company, but I'm doing, yeah. um, one hour, one hour of coaching a week per okay. part per department of my sales team. So I have two okay. different really good companies. Like they should, I think really good companies are doing, um, a sales meeting, a sales training, and then a coaching session weekly. If you're really committed and you really want to be the best, you just coach every day. You yeah. do a coaching session every day. What does that look so, like? When you talk about coaching, are you talking like, are we talking about role play? What are, so what is the activity? Yeah. Like, all right. So there's a few different types of coaching. One is, um, role play, right? Mm -hmm. So role play. The other one is, um, coaching, you know, you can, do role plays and scenarios. The other one is looking at game film, yeah. right? So game film will be like, all right, let's do it. I'm going to put Tim 
his Zoom meeting last week. Let's put it on Zoom. Let's put this bad boy up. All right? And so you press play, and then you press pause. And then really good coaches say, all right, guys, hey, hold on. What did Tim do, just do right there? Hold up. Well, anybody have any feedback for Tim? So then I'm coaching my team on how to coach each other. The really good coaches know how to create an atmosphere where there's pure group accountability, not like one-way direction. That's my style. I love I that. Like, how would yeah. that apply to like an in-home sales process? Do Is there recording sometimes on that? or like Yeah, so we're, we actually, yeah, this is something that we uh, do is, is we record the, the, the actual in-home sales meeting. Okay. And then... And then you can either measure it up against a scorecard that's pre-built based on, um, or you can use some softwares out there. There's some other partners that uh, we're chatting with um, that do some analytics that's around how many percent. Are you talking about Rilla? Yeah. Is Rilla one of them? Yeah, they're one of those guys. Yeah, dude, Rilla is um, cool. That's a, that's some forward thing and stuff, dude. This the like the thing is, is like, look, analytics. I can sit there and tell you our sales process all day long. Yeah. But what if um, it would be kind of like playing basketball and just saying, hey, for homework tonight, I want you to just, I just want you to look at the X's and O's and I just want you to read it tonight. <laughs> and then, yeah. hey, I'll, and then we'll just see how you play tomorrow. Yeah. Like, dude, no way. Yeah. There's just no chance that you're going to be successful. But and we're taking we a certain sense of like, enjoyment like for instance listening to this podcast you may get a certain sense of enjoyment out of feeling like you know the stuff at least you know some high performing sales coaching process even if you don't take action you know what i mean but that's why you got to come to transform conference you got to get in the friggin' heat hot seat yeah you got to get in the middle of the ring and see what you do with eyes on you because i could promise you that's like it's like training with g-force bro like i watched dragon ball z when i was a teenager and <laughs> goku was was uh training in some g-force one episode and then he yeah. busted out and he was a gangster he killed everybody <laughs> that's what it's like you gotta have you gotta train where there's like unnatural pressure yeah i like that that, un that unnatural pressure builds something in you mm. that when you're out there in the field, you're like, wow, this is almost too easy. That's yeah. the power of training and coaching. If you look at athletes today, I'm a, you can tell I like sports. I talk about it. They, they do hard things in a simulated way so that when mm. they're in the game, it's actually, it's kind of, it's kind of like effortless and like doing it. It's, it's happening effortlessly or naturally. And that is exactly what training and coaching does. Because look, you want to sell upsells, you want to sell add-ons, you want to sell commercial jobs, you want to sell large reverse, you want to sell premium products. Yeah. And you want to do it in the game when you haven't even practiced anything hard. But mm -hmm. when you do find the pressure and it creates gaps and you see that leaking happening, that's gold, bro. Because that's when somebody who really knows how to coach can insert the belief system, the confidence and the process in that mm. moment that can create permanent change. Mm. And do when you have permanent change in a brain and a behavior of a salesperson that levels them up 20%, 100%, that is millions of dollars in revenue 
and millions um, and or hundreds of thousands hitting your bottom line just from mm. coaching one sales guy, one thing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 powerful stuff. Talk to me a little bit about the belief and identity. First of all, I want to just note that we need more Dragon Ball Z references on this podcast in general. Um, Absolutely. I, uh, so, so belief and identity, it sounds like th- that seems foundational to everything that you're doing. So you're layering on these things, but ultimately like belief and identity seem, how does that play into what you see the most successful sales teams doing? How are they using belief and identity to, um, to form, to help their salespeople win more? Yeah, this is a deep one, very near and dear to my heart. But uh, I mean, I believe that belief precedes behavior. So what you believe about yourself or what someone believes about themselves is going to be the the driver of how they behave. And so um, one thing that I'm big on is identity. And identity is this this concept of who you are and how that's different from what you do. So I believe that when we're functioning fully in our identities, we are a gift to the world, right? There's no fear in us. There's no shame. Mm. There's no emotion of fear, shame, guilt, resentment, vengeance. Those are negative emotions. And if Mm. you were to take a scale of zero to 10, and to me, identity is a scale, um, that that one to two, that anger, frustrated, fearful person is functioning at such a low level of energy. Mm-hmm. But when you take them up to loved, validated, accepted, um, approved, right? They live from this place mm-hmm. that their value system is just hitting yeah. this just through the roof. Their value and their identity is now something they bring into their role versus something that they're trying to grab from their role. So when someone's identity is low and then their, their role specific role in, in business, their sales is high. Well, the thing is now they're finding their identity from that role. So there's not an ability for it to sustain over time. It's going to default down to where they already, um, like for example, a sales guy has a big sales month, doesn't really believe he's worth it. Spends a lot of money, you know, spends it all has bad habits. There's just like poor energy, but if you take your identity and bring that identity into your role, not yeah. find it from it, bring it into your role, now you're a gift to the world. And then when you fail, it's actually like, it's, it's like not even a, like failure isn't even real. It's almost yeah. like a, it's almost like the most beautiful feedback formula for them to be successful because their identity and their value has already been secured and already sure. And so they're, now they're taking their, their role and saying, hey, that's good feedback. Like, tell me how I can get better. They don't take it personally. They don't have their head down. They don't hold it down. They didn't get rejected. They didn't lose. They're always full on the inside and they're bringing that. So I believe that if someone's going to be a high performer in sales, they must know their identity. And if they're finding their identity from their role, then they're going to be scratching and clawing and living in a place of panic, fear, and anxiety constantly to try to fill that cup. And then that's when you have unhealthy expressions of sales. Guys that are do really well, and then they crash and do, they, they, they overdose or they check out or they don't have a sustainable anything. Or, um, or they keep chasing things that are not healthy, right? Like, I, I don't know, I, I, um, I'm not gonna try to bring too much of a moral compass here, 
But my point being hey, is... Hey, Ryan, you're all good with the moral... You, just like you're allowed to swear on this podcast, you're also allowed to bring your moral compass onto the podcast. So go for it. You, you guys know some salespeople, they make money for the first time and they blow it on drugs or they blow it on strip clubs or they you know they had a good girlfriend they were gonna get married and then they screwed it all up and now they're back to like depressed and then the only thing that makes them feel good is having a big month in sales like dude do you really want to train is that gonna transform people no mm. no dude like sales won't just change their life it won't be the only thing that changes their life and i could say that this industry is is changing in such a way that it's become so it's becoming more competitive in that sales people sorry the message to sales people in the market should be dude come here and change your life mm. not just come here and and just more sales doesn't change their life mm. so it's, it's so like how do you cultivate an environment where you as a as an owner or sales leader are literally speaking value into the hearts of your salespeople. And as that is built yeah. up and they're being coached and getting better, they're becoming solid humans, man. Like I want to yeah. see, I want to see sales leaders and salespeople like make great money, do wise things with their money, um, buy homes, get married, have kids, like be successful in the wholesome way. I want to see them like give back to their communities, being good members of society, all that can be done in this industry. All that can be done through sales and all that can be done. But I believe you also have the flip side, right? Like, like um, if someone has a low identity piece and their beliefs are poor, but then they're asked to behave a certain way, like A, it's not sustainable, but B, like, let me just ask you this. Okay, I got two people. I got salesperson A and salesperson B. All right, so you're a prospect, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so salesperson A, their value and their identity is so full, they're completely detached from the outcome of the sales meeting with you. They're, they're emotionally detached to the sale they're making with you, okay? Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? What's wrong with Shirley's? Or Facebook athletes? Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team. Mm -hmm. Not to say like they're still a professional salesperson, but they're detached. Now you have salesperson B. <clears throat> salesperson B is so attached to whether they get the sale with you or not, right? So let me ask you this, how, what kind of feelings could you, like what kind of emotions, what might you might feel or what, what, how might you might yeah. portray, perceive that salesperson who's attached to the sale with you? What do you think? I, I would potentially, like I get a little bit of like a, potentially they have unethical vibes or like they could be, they could be willing to sacrifice my best interest for their immediate gain. Like, right. and, I, and I would be a little bit worried about it. 
I'd probably yeah, look. Every, I'd look at the company a little bit to make sure that 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 company stands behind the work or whatever. But yeah, I'd be a little yeah. bit worried just that it's potentially not the best. They can come off as like desperate a little yeah. bit. They can come off as a little like needy and a little yeah. annoying to me. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, it's so like some markets, some level of clients, a company, and projects. Maybe that gets by. But if you want to become a high performer, that doesn't always work. I, I like to say. I call that commission breath. Right? You can just smell yeah. it on. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. and then you got the detached person and they come to you. How do you feel if that you perceive they're completely detached, whether they're going to buy, you're going to buy from them or not? How would you feel? Yeah, I tend to feel that, that it's usually like they're probably not going to give me the best possible thing. Like sometimes I want the best possible thing and they're just like, here's this. I give a pest control example because we had a we had a mice in our house, and they two people came out and sold me like a two hundred and fifty dollar something or other for it, and like the last guy was like it's a thousand five hundred. I'm just gonna take care of it all, and like the first two guys thought I wanted just like it like cheap, and I didn't want cheap. I wanted it taken care of, and so I feel like I get the vibe when somebody doesn't care at all that like they actually don't. They're not very interested in giving me the best possible thing. So detached feels like they're not, sometimes I feel a little bit of passion makes me feel like they actually want to give me the best possible thing. Yeah. I think that what will surprise you is that those who have their value already in their identity there, they, they make somebody feel truly helped and understood and they don't feel sold. Right. So they're mm -hmm. like, Hey, Hey Tim, like, you know, look, I, I, I just want to do what's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, I'll come eat it. I'm almost done. <laughs> I don't have like a recording sign yet. Uh, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so like, so, so, so basically what I'm saying is you're not going to feel that they're, they're annoyingly like, like needy and desperate instead they're like hey like what do you what do you need bro like how can i help like what's your problem what are you looking to do um they're they're not gonna like shave product down and like discount price because they want to do what's right they, they mm -hmm. they're gonna care they're just gonna you're gonna feel helped cared for understood and listened to so and at the end Ryan, of the day, i have a i have a kind of like a follow-up question you're like it's you're basically saying these people when they feel validated and they feel like they've got love and like there's a couple other words you used i thought they were really good i wish i remembered every single one of them but loved validated proved all these types of things how do you do you have to find somebody that's already got that or can you help yeah, your sales you. people feel that a little bit like is there a way to help your people feel that and the other question like an additional piece to that is what if you make them feel all like in the company, all this validation? And then what if like, cause they, what if they don't work out, you know, cause it's scary. Yeah. Cause well, it feels well, like a well, family well, almost. Yeah. I mean like, well, first off, that's why you should take people to conferences like ours because we talk about that stuff and we yeah. bring that to people. So that's one, two, um, you're going to attract who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like a, if you're cultivating that inner transformation, you're going to attract people who see you as somebody that they can surround themselves with 
and the greater they you've done of a job there, the more easy it is to bring high level love, affirmed, validated, approved type of people because they don't mm. feel like they they feel a bit like they belong versus like I don't know about that guy. Mm. Like I don't want to. I'm not here to just make money because most people aren't really working at your place just to make money anymore. Especially people with a lot of depth and on the inside, they want to come somewhere where there's yeah. like. A little bit of all that. So the more you as an owner or leader are doing the inner transformational work, the more attractive you're going to be for people who, who do that type of thing as well. Yeah. But if you do none of those things, you snort coke, you, you go to strip clubs, you cheat on your wife, you're in debt to your eyeballs, you, you say one thing and do another thing. You're going to just attract sales yeah. guys like that. And you're going to hate each other because they're going to hate their behavior. Yeah. So that's exactly like, I mean, who you are is what you're going to yeah. attract. Well, I think that, you know, it's a combination of like, what if I love somebody in my company and they didn't work out? Well, good, good. You know what? I'd rather I go to sleep better knowing I love somebody they didn't work out than yeah. to not treat somebody with value. And then they perform well, but I did I abuse them or neglect them or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I think that it's, this is a lot to do with like your leadership style. Um, I know, though, that I've had problems personally where I love somebody, they feel loved and validated, but yet it didn't work out. And that's okay. At least we can hug each other knowing that we gave it our best and we tried to connect, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that's par for the course. But I'd rather go to sleep at night knowing that someone feels valued. I, I lose sleep when someone feels like I don't value them. I actually lose mm -hmm. sleep when people think that I, I'm, I'm abusive or neglectful or critical and controlling and manipulative that's what makes me lose sleep because i want to influence positive results but um you know you can't just you know it's 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 you know it can be challenging what revenue so we're talking about roofing sales leaders what revenue makes the most sense to have a sales lead i mean depends right if you, are you the sales leader because i because you heard it a lot of times people earlier. float it a lot of times people float it those first couple of years maybe they get to a couple million you know what i mean like if i think about roofers like a lot of times they can get through and there's there, there's a lot of like customer service guys that are just like bending over for client you know i mean they they get there somehow they're scratching and some of some yeah, of them these are all a million questions right it's like was it a big storm is it on purpose was it retail was yeah. like, how did you get to that? Like your current revenue? Are you a really charismatic, like talented, strong sales leader already? You happen to own a company or do you need to bring that person in? I mean, look at me, it just, it just, I'd say, you know, those have to be taken into consideration. Sure. But certainly like if I was like, sorry, we could yeah. probably, uh, I'm getting the, the end of the day. Where are you dad? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Right now. Um, but yeah, so I would just ask those questions, but like right now, if I, uh, if I start a roofing company, it wouldn't take me very long to start hiring salespeople because sure. I'm a sales leader, right? Yeah. If I was not a sales leader, I might need, you know, like I got a friend who came from pest control. He's in roofing. He's speaking at our conference. I mean, that guy's a G like he's, he's built pest control sales teams for years. He's already got a sales force. He doesn't sell. He's already built his own training program. He knows what he's doing. Like that's yeah. the kind of guy he is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that sales leader is a is an absolutely critical person in your company. Yeah. And um, 
get no, be that person or find that person fast. Go ahead. All right, I like that. What revenue mark makes the most sense for them to hire a company like Sales Transformation Group to help with the trans the sales transformation? I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it depends on how uh, much value you see in us, right? So, like, yeah. I've got companies that are doing a million. They're usually not ideal. Um, yeah. My my sweet spot, they're doing five million. We got companies that are, you know, in a quarter of a billion that work with yeah. us. So it really depends on. Uh, but I'd say as a roofing company, if you're five million, you're probably in a great spot. Hey, you know, it's all good. We're we're gonna work this. Uh, he's he's. He's got his life, okay? It's not just about business. Ryan's out here being a good dad, and he's got to go eat cookies. So for the the folks uh, at at home that are watching this before the, the Transform Conference, can you give a little pitch to it, and where do they go to grab tickets? Yeah, go to thetransformconference.com. It's going to be an awesome time of inspiration. Um, we're going to have a few guest speakers that are outside of the industry that are going to just crush it. Inky Johnson a guy by the name of Jamie Winship. He's done identity work. Uh, he's yeah. going to do identity work on the whole group. Nice. Uh, he is, uh, he worked with all the Seattle Seahawks, all their coaches, their wives, their kids, everybody, all the players. He, they did some incredible work. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, he's a super experimental type coach. He brought him in. Um, awesome stuff. We're going to have, uh, industry leaders and commercial residential door to door retail. They're going to bring some amazing insights as CEOs, sales leaders, and salespeople. We also have service, uh, industry, like the service department. That's a big focus for us at STG is we want to help people create great service departments because that's the key to like long-term sustainable revenue and long-term value in the, in the market. So we actually have a training on that. Uh, we're going to have a role play tournament. Uh, at the end for a chance to win like a real sword, like commercial, residential, door-to-door, or retail, door-to-door, are all going to have different tournaments. Um, you're just going to get to network with our partners and our vendor partners. It's going to be not a small event, but not a big one. It's going to be a nice size blend of like intimate interaction, round tables, plenty of time for dinners. It's If you haven't been to one of my events, you need to come. You'll walk out, either have cried or seen other people cry, touch deep in your heart, inspired to change personally and professionally. You're going to feel uh, ready to take on the next season of growth in your life and your business and your family and your, your personal life. You're going to be able to you know, carry that energy into how you're shaping your sales organization and that's going to make a huge difference in your business. Um, it's going to make a big impact. We're also going to yeah, see, see, yeah, that's really it, guys. I mean, come transform yourself, the team you lead, the clients you serve, and ultimately this industry. Because I want to see this industry be the beacon of hope in our communities to say contractors, they're the ones that do it right. They're restoring homes and buildings and properties, and they don't stop there. They're helping people. They're helping like people change, people growing. That's what I see this industry doing. It has a chance to, to kind of be lifted from the ashes of the eyes of people. Our nation looks at contractors and they're like, ah, dude, that's changing. Like people are starting to look at contractors with respect and dignity and honor. That's what I'm going for, dude. I want to see this industry look and say, I don't want to go be a doctor. I want to go be a contractor. Those guys crush it. They make great money. There's great standards in the industry. There's technology through the roof. 
There's great opportunity to bring sustainable change in our community. Um, that's, that's what I'm going for at this conference mm. is to level up how we see our industry and to make an impact. And that's, that's what we're doing. I love that. That's why there's alignment here. Definitely, uh, our long-term kind of vision that we want to be part of too, for the industry. So I really appreciate that Ryan and thank you for being on the podcast. Um, thank you everyone for watching this episode. Yeah, there's some pretty good stuff in there. I, I really like the stuff around the identity. That's super good. I'm I'm looking for it. I wish I was at this conference. I'm, I'm about to be having a baby, right? My first baby right around that time. Uh, our sales person is going, so I'm I'm excited to see what she learned. And um, yeah. yeah, thank you for thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It's uh, the podcast is put on by HookAgency.com and Hook Agency all over social. Um, and thank you for checking it out. All right, bye.